Hello and welcome to 52. Over the next half an hour or so, my chat with a famous name in sport will centre around mostly randomly selected questions from a unique deck of playing cards. On each is a question, ranging from the serious to the ridiculous, and whatever way they fall, our guests must navigate their way through until the end. This is 52. We're sponsored by Grosvenor Casinos, the UK's largest operator, with 52 venues nationwide, and of course online, grosvenorcasinos.com. So without further slow play, let me introduce today's special guest in just 52 seconds. Dion Dublin is a man of many talents, several of which I cannot repeat. As a footballer, though, his longest spells came at Cambridge United, Coventry City and Aston Villa. He scored the first ever goal in a playoff final. He finished the season as joint top scorer in the Premier League. He got promoted. He was involved in great escapes. He also broke bones. His leg at Manchester United and at Villa, he broke his neck and headbutted Robbie Savage, although those two incidents are unrelated. Away from the game, he's invented a percussion instrument or three and has reinvented himself as a TV presenter, most notably on Homes Under the Hammer. And, in case you were wondering, over there are the stairs leading up to the bedroom, something that I hope I never hear him say to me directly. He plays the saxophone better than Lisa Simpson, but today he's here to blow his own trumpet. Dion Dublin! Hello, sir, how are you? Not a bad intro. That was 51 and a half seconds, by the way, just for for the record. (laughs) Ready to shuffle up? Yes, sir, let's do it. You know... 52 yes, go on. is delightfully straightforward, but all the time equally as scary. Well, it's always scary because you're involved. <laughs> when you're involved, it's always scary. Hey, it's good to mess with the format. <laughs> here we go. Happy to shuffle? Yes, sir. Pick yes, sir. any card at random from the fan. Okay, here we go. I'm going to go bang in the middle. First of all, what do we got there? What's the suit? Diamonds. The number? Is number five. Good. If we can make a pair or more in the five-card hand, Grosvenor Casinos will get £1,000 to the Cares Trust. Oh. So that's a really uh, nice uh, yeah. thing and perfect time. It's never a bad time, but yes, no yes, more than I'll ever. I'm dying to know, what is your first question? So hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm going to get, there's a young lady here right with us. I'm yeah. going to get her to go over to my coat and get my glasses because I'm now 50. <laughs> And I need my glasses to read these questions. They're on the inside Listen, pocket. Thank you very we much. We knew you were overage because you used I the phrase. I am overage. There's a young lady. Thank just, you very just much. I've got my glasses now, by the way. Thank the, you. The young lady who's literally in charge of this whole project. Yes. Okay. What bucket list item would you most like to tick off? That one thing in your life you haven't done, Dion. And by the way, Chris Evans, if you're listening, I'll get your glasses back for you. (laughs) (laughs) That is out of order, by the way. I think these look all right. Okay, bucket list item. That's a tough one, actually. Because on my bucket list item were things like South Africa, Tabletop Mm -hmm. Mountain, um, Skydive, I've done. (gasps) Couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, Skydive. Genuinely... Stuff nearly came out my ass. It was yeah. so scary. What's the worst bit of it? I can never do the, the, it. I've, I've got suicidal vertigo, uh, okay, so, so this makes me literally... I'm, right. I'm being honest. Anyone listening now will have the same feeling if they've got proper vertigo. The back of my legs are itchy. The muscles tightening. <laughs> even just the thought. Of, of the, of the skydive. The worst thing my was... My breathing's I, struggling here. I, I did yeah. it. I did a skydive with my son. My son was in front of him. He was, he was on a tandem with somebody else. So he was first and then it was me. It was his 21st birthday. And he's there. He's looking over his shoulder, looking at me. I am next. I'm thinking, are you okay, son? Are you okay? He was laughing and joking. I'm not happy about this. I'm now thinking to myself, I don't want to do this. He goes, it's me. I'm now at the edge. Oh. I'm now at the edge. And the stupid thing they say is, just dangle off, Dion. I'll hold you. So you're now dangling with touching nothing at 
15,000 feet, and then they, they don't tell you when they're going to go. It's just three, gone. And then I'm off. And then the worst bit in, the answer to your question, the worst bit is you cannot breathe for a good five oh, to ten seconds. I'll be, I'll be gone. And, and it's, and it, oh. I'll be gone. Me. There's no way I could stay conscious. But that moment, when I watched it on the telly, there's that moment where everyone clicks to, this is the greatest moment of my life. When you're floating in the air like a bird and you're looking down and you feel secure and you just, it seems to be a bliss almost. Yeah, but Cole, that doesn't happen for a long time, <laughs> mate. That doesn't happen for a long time. That's a good 30 seconds a minute into the fall. And then they pull the cord and you go up 100 feet. Then you come down and then there's a little bit of enjoyment. You're still actually seeing yourself, to be honest. You really are. Right. And when you get down on the floor, you think, oh, that was brilliant. That was absolutely fantastic. But no part of it really did I enjoy it. And fair. you're not going to do it I'm again. I'm not going to do it again. Absolutely right, so, not. So what's replaced it on the list? So this is not a thrill-seeking one. This is just something. I'm a massive rugby fan. Yes. Massive rugby fan. I love my rugby. Uh, good friends with Matt Dawson. Went to watch England play all over the place. One of the things on my bucket list is to go on a Lions tour. Oh, yes. I want to go on a Lions tour. I don't know where it's going to be, but I want to go on a Lions tour for the full tour. I don't know how long it takes. A month? Six weeks. I want to go on a full Lions tour with a group of lads and try and consume as much alcohol as I possibly can <laughs> during that time in the pint form and possibly in the Guinness form. You're a huge pinter. I, I love my pints. I love a pint. Yeah. I can't hide the fact, but going on a Lions tour, feel free, Cole. You can come as well if you want to. Saying that... But it's the British and Irish Lions. Don't leave yeah, me out. I'm not sure how many Irish players will be in. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean, don't you? You know what I mean? Yeah, don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. Yeah. <laughs> this is when he gets... Listen, by the way, when you're listening to this, you can tell Colin is such a proud Irish when he gets all angry about shit like this. I have a Lions top. And I always... And here's the thing. Here's what makes it so special. It's the only sport in the world where the Northern Hemisphere play the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. And the British and Irish Lions turf, it goes down under, it goes to South Africa, goes to New Zealand, it goes to Australia. It's North against Southern Hemisphere and it's the same in the World Cup. Like, yes, the Six Nations, I adore as a tournament. I would have still kept the Five Nations and know that's not popular. Uh, yeah, yeah, expansion yeah. is a money thing. But anyway, and I love that more than anything. There's nothing, I've been at Twickenham when we beat in England. Just those great moments in your sporting life as a fan. But, when it comes to the Lions, the British and Irish Lions, and everyone on the same page, and it's against the Southern Hemisphere. There's nothing that nothing brings like you that. together. I, I love it. There's nothing that brings what, you together what like that. sport brings a hemisphere together? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, yeah. It's like, it's like a Superman movie or something, it, isn't it? it? It's, it's amazing because there's so many people that just want to be part of it as fans. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you come from. You know, if you're from Britain, you want to be part yeah. of that Lions tour, and that's what I want to do. That's at the top. Of the bucket list. So glad that came out. First time we've had that card. Here we go. Riffle, say stop. Stop. Ah, oh, I love this. Who was the first person you ever idolised? And it's the Jack of Clubs. I have several sporting idols. Yeah. Musicians. Yeah. Um, Read the card, Dion. Figures. Stop messing me about. Yeah. First. First would be my good friend. Oh. God rest his soul. Sir, Mr. Sue Regis. He was the very first person that I thought to myself, wow, I, I want to be like him. I want to try and... <sighs> two seconds, two seconds. No worries. This is hard. Yeah. I want to try and play the game like Sue. Yeah. Because... Uh, 
It means a lot, Cole. Mm -hmm. Meant a lot. It's still about. It's still about. I can feel him. He's still about. But yeah. He's the player that I wanted to play like. What's it like to idolise someone and meet them? Because very few people get to do that. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, it was tough because he was just somebody that was out there and that just sort of made me think, well, firstly, I want to play football. Then I want to play it like him. Then I want to hold the ball up like him. Then I want to be as powerful and as quick as him and score goals like him, which was never going to happen and never did. But then you meet him, it's kind of hard to talk. Yeah. Because you think, uh, you want to call him Mr. Aegis and just shake, you know, you do. You shake his hand back then, you know. No, you can't. I just have to give him an elbow bump or yeah. something right now. But <laughs> he's, he was just somebody that I thought, the way you go about your job and your business and your life, I want to be like you. Dignity. Absolutely. Without Absolutely. a doubt. Without a doubt. We come after that, and that goes to, if ever two questions summed up 52. Yes. Those two, there right? There you go. So there you go. Here we go. It is time now for the stacked deck. And a good time, Dion, to mention again that 52 sponsored by Grosvenor Casinos, 52 venues nationwide, the UK's largest operator, and online, the all-important details, grosvenorcasinos.com. Easiest pick of the whole series for me, because I just wanted to sit and chat to you about music, and the good news is, it's a five, which means we got the thousand pounds for the oh, Carers Trust. Oh, here we go. So the, fantastic. The Carers Trust. Put it down. Let me, let me see it. Let me see it. There it is. There Pair it, is. it up, baby. Oh, Pair fantastic. it up. There we go. Five of hearts yes. and the five of diamonds. Beautiful. Yes. Oh, well done. Um, you can only listen to one artist or band for the rest of your life. Who is it? Oh, yes. dear me. You see now, I have a favorite band. Yes. And I have a favourite artist. Right. right. Let's discuss both, and then we'll make a decision together. Okay, there's... Oh, <laughs> you'll know the artist, but you won't, you won't know the band. How do you know I won't know the artist? Well, I Everyone's heard of Box Phase. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, I know you know your tunes and your artists. Anyway, anyway, my artist, my artist. Yeah. My artist is many people's favourite artist, but there's a reason for that. This man has made so many world-class super songs. That have all been written by him. He's done some good ones as well, but oh, he's not a patch a on the super legend, which is Mr. Wonder. Yes. It's called Mr. <gasps> Wonder for a reason. Have you seen the Motown film on Netflix where they show the young Stevie Wonder coming yes, in? Yes, And he was able to play yes. every yes, instrument absolutely. in the studio. In but Detroit, people don't know that, Cole. Bang. People don't know that he's a saxophonist. He's a drummer. He's everything. <sighs> He just does everything and all his songs. Listen, there's so many songs out there that you can revel over. And uh, yeah, Mr. Wonder for me is, you know, and, and, he, and this is something that everybody knows, but he can't see. It's <laughs> a good point. You know what I mean? He really? can't see. He can't see. Do you think, do you, do you, I, well, we don't know because we have our senses, all of our key senses. Correct. But I did an interview with uh, someone whose daughter is deaf yeah. and his daughter said, I might not be able to hear the sea, but I can see the diamonds bouncing off the waves. Oh, you see. Right. And, and it's that thing of like just that, the sound and just that, just being that, that, that just the talent's unbelievable. Yeah, I've been told, I've, I've been told if you lose a sense, yeah. you gain a sense yeah. for that sense. Yeah. So I'll, I'll so that's go. That's the artist. Yeah, okay. I know the so artist. The, uh, but the, the band, band. If there was a band that I could only listen to, it'd be a band by the name of the Yellow Jackets. Haven't heard. Okay, so the Yellow Jackets are a what I would call an avant-garde jazz band. You know those jazz bands that people listen to jazz and they go, "Are they all playing different music? Yes. Is he playing something different to him? Has he got headphones on? Is he recording? That, that's what it is like. Mm. But to me. I get to hear everything, every instrument, what they're playing individually, and I then can understand why collectively they sound so good. Yeah. Their musicianship is outstanding. The Yellow Jackets, the Yellow Jackets. Go and listen. You're right. I mean, I like more traditional jazz music. Yes. Um, but I do like jazz music. Which is great, Cole, which is great. Yeah. 
and I think the more blue notey it gets, the more trouble I get into. <laughs> but I would probably choose to go and see jazz live over any other form of music. People who say they don't like jazz, that's like saying you don't like sport. Yeah. There's a sport you'll like, and Absolutely. there's a bit of jazz you'll like. And what you just described is exactly what makes it brilliant. You go and see the same band live two nights in a row, and one night they'll be no good, and the next night will be the best Complete thing you've ever seen. opposite. And all these great musicians on stage, but I've rarely seen a selfish jazz band. You throw it, you toss it about to each other like a hot potato, well, that's, passing that's, it over. That's it, Cole. That's what jazz is all about. The jazz is you get your time. That's what they do. They, you get oh. your time in the limelight. You get your time. Your microphone's on, everybody else is off. Sax solo, um, guitar solo, bass solo, anything, yeah. tambourine solo. They let you have your time. It's a very, very caring genre of music. Mm. Therefore, when you do go and listen to a good band, as you've said, the balance mm. is perfect. So uh, the Yellow Jackets. Are the Yellow cold. Jackets the best live jazz band you've ever seen or is there another gig will go above it? Um, the only gig that I think that might top it is there's a band called uh, Weather Report. Yeah which a few people listening to this might have heard of. They, their famous song is called Birdland from way, way back. But um, they had a pianist called Joe Zarinol, and he was just an outstanding pianist with a drummer called uh, Omar Hakim as well. So they were right up there. I've not seen them at all, but cool. Yellow Jackets for me. No question of the best. I think we'll go for Yellow Jackets as your Let's answer do it. Let's question. Do it. Yes, please. It's going to mention Dave Brubeck in Toronto. Yes. He had to get helped up the stairs. I thought I've went to see him too late. Sadly passed away just a few months after that gig, or it was certainly, I think it might even been his penultimate gig, or certainly in that last run of two or three. I thought, well, he can't even get on stage. Boy, once he sat at the piano, he was 26 again. People were swinging off the chandeliers. I'll never forget it's it. because he was home. Yeah. He was home. Is this the only show that that conversation, am I the only presenter in, that would be considered a sports presenter, although I think that's a bit, I'm not really, but... um that you could have that conversation with. Never had that conversation with anybody else, <laughs> ever. Never spoke about the Yellow Jackets and never spoke yeah. in-depthly about jazz because nobody, nobody cares. No. Everybody just switches off. So what's your favourite genre, Dion? I love my jazz, really. So um, thanks, Dion. That's Dion Dibbling there. Thank you very much. Let's call it a day. End of part one. Oh, my goodness. Right, here we go. Back to chance. Okay. Uh, dead simple question for you. I've shuffled the deck. Are you happy with that? Yes, sir. Okay, I just want you to pick top or bottom. Uh, I'll go bottom, please. You'll go bottom. Okay, I'll read it because you're as blind as a butt. Absolutely. Right. The Ten of Hearts. Which one person has been the most important to your career? Oh, 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 Colin. This is good, you know. This is good. I like this. How different are the questions? I like, uh, yes. I mean, I'm, all I'm, over the place comes to mind. We'll put an asterisk here because for the first time ever on 52, you, you could arguably have the same answer to two. So we'll obviously say how important Cyril was to your career. Yes. And then we'll say even if he was first, we'll just go for another name. Okay, so this is, this is, this is simple, right? It's, it's simple because it's been mum and dad. Ah. Two people, yes, I know. But as a nine-year-old boy living in a council estate in Leicester, I couldn't get to my trials. I couldn't get to training. It's funny, but I couldn't drive back then at nine. So I couldn't get where I needed to go. <laughs> they would take the time to get in their car Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, training for Leicester under 10s, mm -hmm. Tuesdays and Thursdays, training for the county, Saturday and Sunday, playing football with my mates. Mm. That's seven days of taking me where I need to be. They had, they had jobs. They had to look after themselves. But they took me everywhere I needed to be. Um, most footballers, the rejection comes before the success. That would have been yes. the same with you. Yeah. How do your family keep a mind that hasn't developed yet in the right place? Because that's as much as important as the mileage. The mental side of how they keep the kid not getting depressed at a young age because all of a sudden the football club have said, son, 
you're not good enough. Yeah. Now, that's, that, for me, that's simple. Uh, you've known me for years, Cole, and I'm not, a lot of people will say this, I'm not a shrieking violet. I'm quite a confident person. Back then at nine, I was still quite a confident person, a little bit quieter, mm. but I knew what I wanted to do. And I knew that my mum and dad, <laughs> I knew I was the last push. I am the youngest of five children. My three brothers were good at football. They didn't get pushed. My sister was good at football. She didn't get pushed. I was the last chance for them ah. to be looked after financially, the lazy bastards. How's that sound? <laughs> How's that sound? I was their last chance. Let's get him into the game because I've got to pay for this mortgage. Uh, um, but they were just there. They yeah. just made sure that I did the right things. And I don't know if you do know this, but as a young black boy living in Leicester with two black parents, discipline's high upon the list. Okay. Manners are a given. So you know, strict regime. Oh, ridiculous, ridiculous. Okay. So that, for me, set me up perfectly as a 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old boy, knowing full well that if I wanted to be, I had to do A first. And my parents made sure that happened. Yeah. Trials, don't go to the youth club, go to training. Yeah. Don't go to that party because Debbie's there. And Debbie was good looking, by the right, way. She right, was a good looking right. girl at 12. The first kiss comes out here. A- we're going to hear all about absolute, Debbie. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Just kiss. And then, and then, <laughs> you know, that's what it's all about. Making the right decisions. They helped me do that. Mm. And uh, yeah, parents is an easy one. That's an easy one. So you're in, you, you, uh, as the question was, which, which one person we went, your parents, which is totally fine. Yeah, yeah. It's been the most important to your career. Fast forward then and tell me the moment where they were sitting watching you play football. And you went, ah. Okay. Quite, you know what I mean? Like the full absolutely, circle. Absolutely, yeah. Now, now, before I tell you that moment, the reason why I turned pro is because my dad wrote one letter, photocopied it 92 times and sent it to every single professional football club ah. and said, my son is a good player, give him a try. And I got about 12 replies from 92. Eight of them said, sorry, we can't help you. Four said, we'll give you a trial. Amazing. And, and that's how it started. Amazing. And then you fast forward to the first time we watched me play. Uh, Tottenham, Birmingham, Norwich City, and one other, which I can't yeah. remember. Might have been Leeds, actually. And then, obviously, I ended up starting at Norwich. Started at Norwich as a 16-year-old boy. Bearing in mind, I'm going to tell you something else. I do deviate. I'm really sorry. No, great. And the it. reason why... Yeah, I, no, deviation's a problem for me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and and the, reason, the reason why I got this trial at Norwich, part of it was the letter. Obviously, I could score a few goals. I was okay. I was decent. But it wasn't all about that. It was my brother, Ash, was best friends with Dale Gordon, mm. who played for Norwich City at the time. So he's pestering Dale saying, give me a trial, give me a trial. The manager of Norwich was Dave String at the time. He's seen the letter. Dale's saying, give me a trial. I got the trial. Got a six-month contract. Wow. There you go. So dad's my brother, Ash, and Dale Gordon. I love it. Absolutely and then that fantastic. game, that game was, you know, so if you fast-forward into fast the history, my, I'm so glad they were there for that Yeah, game. My, my first game would have been Cambridge United, a Cambridge United game, yeah. which it might have been Peterborough, it might have been a local derby. And I think we won 5-1 or 5-2 or something. Somebody's got a hat-trick, I don't know who it was. Um, <laughs> did that come out? Did I say that out loud? Did I say that out loud? I'm not quite sure. But I knew full well that my parents were there at that game. But the big game was Cambridge United-Chesterfield. As you rightly said in your opener, yeah. very first um, playoff game at Wembley, 1990. Mm. Cambridge United won, Chesterfield nil. All my family were there at Wembley. 27,000 people at the old Wembley was outstanding. Dublin scores. Brilliant. Last one for you. Okay. Really easy. Shuffle a game because I know of everyone you'll mistrust me the most. Right. <laughs> Cut the deck. 
turn it over. Okay. And then I'll either read it for you, Mr. Magoo, yeah. or you can read it out. I'll let you read you that because I can't out, see it. You? I can't even see is it. Is it what? Is it red card or black card? <laughs> I, I can tell you whatever you would know. <laughs> Six of hearts. Ah, oh, it's a nice one to finish. Okay, okay. Your house is on fire. What one item do you save? That's oh. a random selection of questions, that is. Right. That's brilliant, man. That is brilliant. Okay, just so. Just the one. Okay, just the one. And not human, obviously. Obviously, yes. Obviously. Because they'd obviously be second. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't, want, we don't want to offend your wife. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, item would be. Gosh, I've got so many items. So you got you. What have you got in there? Like, so let's let's get three things, and they're all in the same place. Okay. And then we'll get one from three because I can see this is traumatic. Yeah, it is very traumatic because I've got to choose one. Right. And the rest are going to burn. Your wallet. My wallet. Right. That's in, that's in my wife's bag anyway, so <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to find that. So it would be my England shirt. Right. Four caps. First Four caps, one. Yes. Very first, first England one. shirt, which is framed. Yeah. And my golden boot. Right. So what did they do? Because it was you. It was me, Michael Owen. Michael Owen and, and Cher. Chris Sutton. No, Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton, yeah. So what did they do? Did you get like timeshare or one a, each? <laughs> that's, just, that's just wrong. We've got one golden boot each. Amazing. We all got a golden boot. Amazing. It was incredible. Still got it at home, hidden away in a safe. Yes. And the other one would possibly be my Premier League title. Yes. I think. United medal. And that meant so much because you started that season so well. Big injury. Yeah. And they made a dispensation, which I love because you were right on the cusp, weren't Absolutely, you? I yeah. love that. Okay. I, I think, does the safe survive a fire? I think the safe survives so, so, a fire. Okay. So that's okay. So the boot's I safe. I love that. Look, the only person you'd look at is our tech guy, Fix, who was uh, like, yeah, 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 no worries. She thumbs can up, the safe. So, up, right. so that's not going to perish. Okay. So... I would go possibly go my England shirt. Yeah, I think so. I've got to go my England yes. shirt. Because, yes. Colin, you know, walking out with the number nine on your back, three oh. lions on your left chest here, your left peck here, Ian right in front, Paul Lintz behind, and you're walking out to the old Wembley through that massive tunnel, and you get to the, the edge of the, the, the running track, and you've got 98,000 people there. I can't explain. I can't explain. At nine years old... We spoke about this at nine years old. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. At nine years old, I wanted to play for England. And at that time, I'm thinking, really? Yeah. I, I, I shouted the anthem, Colin. I sang the anthem to my family. I, I tried give to, it a British I lion I tried to singing. let them hear me in the stand when I was shouting it. Right in Incy by the side. You can imagine them shouting the anthem. Tony Adams, David Seaman. It was just dreams. You ran into one hell of an era, didn't you? Yes. For strikers. But I like the fact that and I've heard you talk about it so fondly before that you never, ever underappreciate what that meant. No. You never, ever think that you got a bad cut of the cards when you talk about that. No, not at all. I it's, love that. It's, 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 just, it's just the way it is. It's the way it falls, you know? Ian Wright, Les Ferdinand, Andy Cole, Michael Owen, Fowler, Shearer, Sutton, Sheringham. You know, <laughs> and, and bearing in mind, I was playing for a, a, a smaller club in stature in Coventry. Correct. So it's even more difficult. We had two relegation fights while I was there. Uh, 1998, I get my call up and I'm thinking, right, this is it. This is mm. my chance. A lot of it was down to Mr. Huckabee, I've got to say, because every time I flicked something on, he scored, yeah. which was great. Uh, but that, for me, was the most difficult thing. Glenn Hoddle said to me, because he was a manager at the time at England, he said to me, if you'd have been centre half, yeah. If you'd have chosen centre-half, you'd have had 50, 60 caps for England. Wow. Easy. Yeah, because that was something that you started as, then went back to towards the end. Absolutely, yeah. 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 To be fair, it didn't help at yeah. all. Glenn Hoddle didn't help by saying that at all. So I'd just like to just <laughs> put, put that out there. You know, Gaffer, it didn't help you telling me that. 
when you should have told me when I was 16 years old, stay at centre half and you'll play for England 60, 70 times. Thanks for that, Gaffer. Cheers. So let's just remind ourselves, what bucket list item would you most like to tick off? You can only listen to one artist or band for the rest of your life. Who would it be? A lot of people fast forward that part, but I loved it. Um, who was the first person you ever idolized? That's how we started. Uh, which one person has been the most important to your career? We had the parents, of course. And your house is on fire. You save your England shirt from it. Well, that's your five-card hand. We've got a £1,000 for the Cares Trust. But that's not it, of course, because while I usually get to just rain questions down in my interviewees, I only get one that isn't on a card. That's my wild card. And this is it. Dion. If you'd asked me 27 minutes ago or whatever it was, what would my question have been? It absolutely probably would have been Villa-related, Manchester United-related. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm kind of getting that 52 shouldn't worry about that, about sort of chronicling careers. That's not what this is. It's different. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to ask you a simple house question. Okay. Houses now, homes under the hammer. And when you were younger, you lived with Jason Statham. Yes, I did. This has to be the most random fact of yes. any 52 so I want you to tell me, it's a two-part question, Well, you tell me about living with Jason Statham and how absolutely bizarre it is that, not bizarre because I, didn't, I wouldn't believe you could do it, just like imagine going back to the kid at Norwich and said, don't worry about it, you'll get to your career, you make good money, then you're going to host a DIY show on, uh, on the BBC and you're going to be a big TV presenter. It's, it's fantastic. You've got just the perfect personality for it. You've got the perfect way about you for it. So... It's not done surprise me, but those two houses, first of all, Statham. Jason Statham, that's such a weird one. Because again, back to the Norwich theme at 16 years old, I signed for Norwich. My brother is best friends with Dale Gordon. We've said that, but he was best friends with Jason Statham as well. My brother, Ash, is a bass player. Jason Statham was a drummer. They played in the same bands. My brother in Great Yarmouth lived there for 13 years. He was the DJ. He was the man. He played at every big venue in Yarmouth, which wasn't loads, but he still played there. And he was the top man. Everybody followed Ash. They changed the nightclub for him. It was called 151. They changed it to Ashley Point. That's how good it was. So everywhere that he played, Jason took me as a 16, 17-year-old boy. And let me tell you, by the way, if you want, and this is a footballing terminology, if you want flick-ons, and what I mean by that is, if you're out with Jason Statham, (laughs) and he likes a girl, or, 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 or the girl likes him, if he doesn't fancy her, and he thinks, listen, I'll leave it, thank you very much, she's too young for me, he sort of flicks it on. And I'm there to catch. <laughs> I am there to catch at 16, 17 year old, single boy. Thank you very much. I'll have that. Jason, you're a legend. And as you like to tell people, there's the stairs that lead up to the bedroom. And there's the stairs that lead up um, to the bedroom. If you don't know what that guy is, you've got to watch the video on YouTube. That's just clipped up every time Dion says, and there are the stairs leading up to the bedrooms in Homes Under the Hammer. And it just becomes funnier and funnier and then not funny and then really funny again. And then they so have a look at that. You know, I don't know how it even came about, but um, you've absolutely forged a, an entirely new, really successful career. It yeah. must be something that, you're probably not quite cool as an ex-footballer to say, I'm really proud of that, but you should be. <laughs> it's a weird one because I, I had some property when I was playing for Coventry and Villa, bought yeah. some property. Whether they found out about that, I don't know. Rented a few um, and then I sold a few and then you know, I just did it to try and... I was, I was advised to do it by mm-hmm. you know, my people that were around me, my agent and my manager and my parents. Put some money in bricks and mortar. Okay, I will. And I did. If they didn't know about that, I've no idea why they asked me to do it. I'm just thinking, are you worried then if, if the criteria is you have to have bought and sold houses? Are you worried if Robbie Fowler ever wants to become a TV presenter? I am stuffed. 
I am, I, I am, I'm stuffed. <laughs> if I ever know Robbie's coming into it, I'm going to have a meeting with Robbie <laughs> behind closed doors. Put the gloves on, Rob. And the one that walks out can have the business. Oh, dear. But I, I actually was, I was given a camera crew and a house in Salford. And they literally said to me, um, do you know if you wouldn't mind just um, walking around and just tell us what you think to this house in Salford? And just explain it to the camera. Don't turn your back on the camera. You know, body language is important. And just put it in your own words. What do you think? Now, if I'd have put it in my own words, I would never have got the job because yeah. it was a proper shithole. <laughs> Absolute tip. But I had to ham it up a little bit. You know what I mean? I had to ham it up a little bit. It's, oh, yeah. yes, what you could do here, knock that wall through, do that. Yeah. The stairs, go to the bedrooms, but I'd move the stairs, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So uh, I had to sort of, I had to make it up, Cole, to be fair. Yeah. I winged, I, might, uh, I winged it, I winged it. Wouldn't it be much better if these shows were like that? You know, like, uh, I like uh, Placing the Sun. I like Placing the Sun Home and Away. And I, I like when they go to him and they go, well, it's a little bit smaller, but if you could just picture it like this. Imagine they just come in and went, like, we know it's a shithole, but you can get rid of that wallpaper, right? And the people who live here are disgusting, right? Uh, Trust Colin, me. Colin, let me, let, me, let me say, let me say, Colin, right? The, the guys that work on Homes Under the Hammer, uh, myself, uh, Martin Martel, the presenters, and all the people that work with us, all our cameramen and sound and everything, we've always wanted to do a late night Homes Under the Hammer show after the watershed where we can record some of the outtakes and yeah. some of the honest opinions on some of the houses we go. I'm pretty sure the viewing figures would top anything. Yeah, I've said this many times about certain TV shows. Like, the problem is you get one or the other. You get, like, the fan TV for football, uh, which is all screaming, shouting, swearing, and then you get the absolutely none whatsoever. But if you could put the intelligent punditry with the honest opinion, where, where like, imagine Roy Kane and, and Gary Neville late at night, where you can actually turn around and go, <laughs> he'll never be a... He is awful. Right? That, that's what is never going to happen. Maybe that's what you should do. I think, I think Keane is actually working on that premise yes, now when he exactly. does it. When he, does. Exactly. he doesn't care, Keane. He says what he thinks. <laughs> Could you imagine him 52? Just eat the deck. <laughs> <laughs> and you wouldn't question it, would you? You wouldn't question it. Do what you want, Keane. We love you. Uh, well, listen, that is the, uh, the, the most random five cards we, we've had yet. Dion Dublin, thank you so much for coming on 52. Pleasure. Sponsored by Grosvenor Casinos. And I have to say, no more bets. This podcast has been a Cop C production and Grosvenor Casinos is for over 18s only. Photographic ID may be required and please gamble responsibly.